House Flipping HQ podcast, episode five. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ podcast. Giving you the strategies, techniques, and inside secrets of house flipping from today's top house flipping experts. House Flipping HQ. Your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Now, let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Hey, hey, what is going on, House Flipping Nation? Today is our fifth episode of the House Flipping HQ podcast. I'm super pumped right now. Uh, Yesterday... We just launched the House Flipping HQ podcast, and the support and feedback has just been amazing. It's just been way more than we could even imagine or hope for. And before the day was even up yesterday, in less than 24 hours, the podcast was in the new and noteworthy section of iTunes in all three major categories, including business, investing, and education. And I'm just really excited right now. It was tough for me to put this out there and kind of put myself out there, but the response has been phenomenal and I just can't thank you guys enough. Nothing, none of this could have been done without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so I'm equally excited for our guest today. These guys have just been killing it lately. I've known them for a very long time. Uh, Christy and I have been in the business for about the same amount of time. We've just really seen each other uh, kind of grow together. It's been a lot of fun. We've been on panels together. We've been in masterminds together. And you know, last year, she just hooked up, not last year, 2009, excuse me. Uh, her and Evan got together and partnered up, um, you know, in a business-like way. Let me clarify that. And I've just seen them grow and take off and it's been really cool to watch. So ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, I give you Evan Younger and Christy Sert Will. <laughs> All right. <laughs> how's, Thanks, how's it going, guys? Very good. Going, Thank you for having us. Going awesome. 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 So I shared uh, with House Flipping HQ Nation a little bit about you guys. Um, some of the things I know you're you're you have a goal this year for 50 houses, which is incredible. And I know that's increased every year, and that's the best part of it. Um Let's kind of uh, start from the beginning. How how did you guys get going in this business? How did you team up? How did you get to where you are today? Okay, well, I'll start. Um, I actually moved down from Canada uh, to do the business. And uh, yes, we do have houses in Canada too, but um, you can't really flip in the same way. It's, it's just kind of a different market up there. So, okay. But I knew it worked down here in the USA. <laughs> so nice. I came to, to Long Beach, California with, with a suitcase and a, a dream to flip houses and make it in the real estate biz. So I don't really recommend everybody to, to uh, quit your job and jump in with two feet, but that's kind of what I did. So, so I had owned a couple of rental properties in Canada, um, but now I'm flipping full time and we're starting to buy some rentals now too. So Awesome. And my start was a little different. I'm, I'm local to the area and I, I haven't moved far. Uh, and I got my start in loans uh, about 10 years ago. Uh, and I was doing pretty good in loans for a long time. Uh, but when the market crashed from 2007 to 2008, my income dropped by like 90%. So I realized I'd have to reinvent myself. And uh, I was lucky enough to have a mutual friend uh, introduce me to Christy. Uh, and uh, 
we ended up buying our first house together in 2009 and it was all uh, history since then. Awesome. And I, Krista, I kind of remember you talking about wanting to get a partner and you were looking around. And so I think uh, that's pretty cool how you kind of have a goal and you found, looks like you found a good one. So congratulations, guys. Thanks. Um, I remember a year ago, I went down to Long Beach and we met up in your office. And that's when I met Evan for the first time with CPK, right? Good old CPK. Yeah. <laughs> that was some good pizza. Um, and we talked a lot about uh, systems and businesses. And and that's what we're all about here on House Flipping HQ is not just flipping houses, but teaching people how they can really grow a business. Um, so let's talk a little about those systems. And your what does your current team look like today? Well, it's Christy and I. Uh, we're, we're, we're partners. And then uh, one of the biggest things we did was after meeting with you, we realized, you know, we, we needed uh, we needed to expand our team. So we ended up hiring an assistant, uh, Irene, and she's been amazing. You know, she but but really, we had to kind of figure out for ourselves first how to do everything, you know, how to value properties, how to figure out rehab costs. So once we kind of got our business down, then we started to expand. And from there, it was it was a lot of networking. You know, we'd meet a, a great escrow person, a great title person, um, and we just kept kept growing from there. Our team uh, for meeting realtors and networking, uh, going to all the investment clubs, uh, all really paid off because there's a, a lot of good help out there. Let's talk about okay. So Irene's your assistant. What what exactly does Irene do for you guys? You know, Irene does a lot of this stuff, you know, that we feel is okay to delegate, um, that we're, we feel comfortable letting go of. So, you know, when we when we buy, say, you know, five houses, all five of those houses are going to need the water turned on, the electricity turned on. They're going to need gardeners. Uh, they're going to need staging quotes. They're going to need all sorts of things. So, you know, Irene is, is great at uh, doing all of those things uh, and freeing up our time uh, so that we can be out there and finding more properties, finding the next deal. Awesome. So you guys, you did the business together. You figured out the things that you knew someone else could handle. And in a systematized way, you taught them how to do those things. And it allows you to focus on what you feel are the most important aspects of your business that really help generate income. Was yeah. That- and as time goes on, you know, we, we feel more and more comfortable each week giving her more and more responsibility so that Christy and I can, you know, keep focusing on on what we feel are the most important parts of the business and growing, growing the business. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So, okay, let's jump right into what everyone loves to hear about. Um, as I say, you make your money when you buy. How are you guys buying houses? I remember last year, Christy, you showed me a really cool spreadsheet of all these agents and offers that different people made, and they had to follow up every so often. It was really inspiring to me. That really actually helped us a lot with some of our systems. What are you doing today in 2013 to buy all these houses? Well, um, you know, Christy and I were throwing in so many offers, we realized we needed a way to follow up with these. You know, we might have 60, 70, 100 offers all being uh, kind of churning at the same time. So, you know, it. It doesn't have to be rocket science. All we have is a, something simple like a Google Doc sheet, which is basically an Excel spreadsheet that uh, keeps all of our offers in order. We can see when we submitted to them, and we can also put follow-up dates so we know when we need to follow back up. So if we submit an offer on a Monday, on, on Wednesday, we know that we better follow up and ask what's going on. Uh, but it's just a, a lot of small things like that uh, that help just keep the business, uh, keep, keep the business straight 
And they, you know, again, they don't have to be rocket science. It just has to be simple things that work for you and, and your partner and, and uh, you know, keep, keep you moving forward. Awesome. Love it. You guys got like an airplane flying over your house or what? <laughs> yeah, we sure do. Wow. <laughs> you can pick that up. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, okay, follow-up. Follow-up is, is huge, right? I mean, how many offers do you think you would get accepted without follow-up? Oh man, I don't, I don't know, but the follow-up system is huge because uh, a lot of times, you know, one realtor might submit 10 offers in a week for us. And, and as much as I love the realtors, you know, they don't always follow up on every single offer. So um, it helps us keep all of our information in one place so that we can go back to that realtor and, you know, we can ask them about all 10 offers they submitted last week at once, uh, just to make sure nothing gets forgotten about. Because sometimes an offer, you know, sometimes even if we don't get a property and somebody else gets it, it might fall out of escrow, you know? So we want to track that property until either we buy it or until somebody else buys it. Um, and just keep following up on it because a lot of times, you know, investors go in at too high of a price. They try to get a price reduction and it doesn't work and it falls out of escrow. And at that point, uh, we're next in line. Awesome. A lot of times I'll meet with people at clubs and like, how do you buy houses? And first off, I find out they're not putting enough time into acquisitions or into making offers. And then second, usually I'll ask them about their follow-up system and there is none. And it's like, well, you need both of those. So that's awesome yeah. advice. We just want to capture as much as we can and, and make the most of what we put in. You know, We're, We don't want to just do all these offers for nothing. Now, Christy, I'm going to put you on the spot here again. <laughs> Uh-oh. So a few days ago, I noticed you've made a post on Facebook. I, I forget exactly what it was, but you're like, I'm going to go about to go drive how many houses? And you're like, I hope I get one. And we got one. I know you got, I saw that. <laughs> and then like the same day or the next morning, you're like, well, we got one. What were those houses? What houses were you driving? And how, what did you think? Were those houses that were listed or houses that wholesalers sent you or invest or uh, agents sent you? And then how did you end up tying up a property? G give us the goods. I'm putting you on the spot here. No, <laughs> no keeping secrets here. Come on. Um, part of what makes Evan and I a good team is, you know, there's two of us. One can be comping properties in the office. The other one can be driving around looking at stuff. And we don't look at every house we submit an offer on, but if we think we have a pretty darn good chance of getting it, or even if we're not sure, even if we just want to go out to the property and try to make a relationship with a realtor, we'll go out to the property. Sometimes that means, you know, sitting on the freeways for a while, but it's worth it. So you can, you can meet somebody in person and try to build that relationship and really, I mean, I'm pretty accurate when I'm looking at a property now to know what the rehab is. So once you know your ARV, your after repair value, basically what you can sell the house for and your rehab number, you know what to offer. So we like to be pretty accurate with our offers to have a strong offer when we make one. That way we've got a, a good chance of getting it, hopefully. Awesome. And that's great. I love what you said. I mean, you're trying to see maybe we can push this offer a little bit. And it's interesting because I see a lot of new investors, myself included, when I was first learning how to evaluate properties, I was always trying to be conservative. And if, if I'm conservative in my ARV, my after repair value, and I'm conservative in my offer and my repairs, probably not going to buy a whole lot of houses, right? Right. Yeah. You got to be competitive <laughs> right now. And, and the great thing is, is, you know, for all the years that we've been in real estate, We've never lost a deposit, and that's probably an important thing to tell people out there is everyone's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my deposit if the deal, you know, you get an inspection period, you get a chance to do your due diligence, 
So, you know, be aggressive if you have to, to get that deal. You know, we don't want to ever back out, but God forbid we could if we needed to. And we've never lost a deposit. I don't know if I've even ever seen anybody lose a deposit. I think that's great advice because I think the number one thing that holds people back is, first of all, education. You get some education. If you don't know what an ARV is or how to value properties, you need to learn that first. But And I spoke... Um, you know, at a, a club in Palm Springs, Larry and Janet's club, great club, by the way, we can link up to that in the show notes. But um, this, there was this gentleman who ha- had been learning about investing for a long time, and he just hadn't taken action. So I brought him up on stage. And he was just afraid of exactly what you're talking about. I'm like, what are your fears? We uncovered his fears. He was afraid of losing money. I'm like, we haven't even made an offer yet. Like, <laughs> you know, go make an offer and make sure you don't intentionally back out. But you know, you're not going to like lose your deposit. And so that's, I'm just repeating what you said, Evan. Good job. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. But it's true. You know, you can't let fear hold you back and you have to realize what the limitations are. And, and the truth is, is yeah, it's just not likely that you're going to lose your deposit. And in all likelihood, you're going to get a nice inspection period so you can go and make sure you're, you ran your numbers right. And, uh, you know, it helps you to be more aggressive. And for anyone who doesn't understand how to analyze a property, we talked about that in uh, episode two with Doug Van Soost. And then it's also, I have a post up on um, housewomenhq.com that's all about analyzing property. So we will link up to that in the show notes as well. Uh, we're not going to rehash it here, of course, but just go refer to those if you're not sure exactly how we're talking about how to come up with your offer to make these offers. So great. Let's dive into financing. Christy, I remember um, there was a panel you and I were on, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, and I just really like how you do your financing. So many people, the number one problem is buying houses. Number two is people are like, how do I get these properties financed? Are you rich? Are you? Where do you come up with all this money? They just don't think they can do the business because they don't have the capital. So how are you guys getting these properties financed? Well, I just brought a big old bag of cash from Canada. Awesome. Smuggled it in. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Actually, the way um, I started was I used hard money. And hard money is actually really good. I mean, for one, if you get a good hard money lender, they will actually help you value the property. So it's just a second set of eyes for the value of your property. Great tip. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the way I would suggest getting started. But then after a while, you start meeting um, private money people. And actually, if Evan doesn't mind me sharing, he kind of came in as a private money lender to, to start on our first deal. And so after that, um, it just kind of exploded with private money people. All what is that private money people? Who I'm, is, or I, where? Yeah. Well, what is private? What does that mean? Someone we went to high school with or our grandmother or, you know, a dentist. So anybody could be a private money lender. Yeah. It's just, it's just anybody who's, who's willing to lend you money. Awesome. I've met private money lenders on the hiking trails and musicians and just various people we run into, they learn about what we're doing and they go, Oh, you know, you, you pay a higher interest rate than what you're, what, what they're getting in the bank. So why not lend to us? And that's how we structure the deals. You know, and, and going back to what we were talking about earlier, fear, you know, a lot of people are like, well, oh my gosh, how, I don't have enough money to buy a house. Like, how, how am I going to pay for this thing? The funny thing is, is when Christy and I got together in the beginning and we first got our first big batch of houses, uh, meaning what we were doing, we, we went from doing like one or two at a time to doing like six. That was a big jump for us. But when we were putting offers in and we get an accepted offer, we'd have five or six accepted offers. We had no idea how we were going to pay <laughs> 
for those houses when we got the accepted offer. Awesome. Uh, but we came to learn really quick that if you have a good deal, it's it's pretty easy to find the money. You can go to an investment club and there'll be 10 people there who will finance your deals as long as, it, as, long as they make sense. For sure. And if you get one that you can't get financed, what do you do with it? Is that well, been the case ever? Never <laughs> okay, okay. We have never... We'll give it okay. to you, Justin. We'll there, give it to you. That is the right answer. You email me. God forbid we would cancel. <laughs> no, but but you can wholesale it, right? I mean, oh, absolutely. We would wholesale it out before we would cancel. And my number... We would find another investor to take it over for us. For anyone listening, my number is... <laughs> for a small fee, of course. Yeah, exactly. So if, if you don't find the financing, you just wholesale it to another investor who has the capital. And... That, you know, we have purchased more houses in the last 30 days than we've ever bought. And that is mainly because of wholesalers. We're, for some reason, we're getting a bunch of deals from wholesalers right now. And some of them flip on their own, but they're getting a lot of houses right now and they don't have the capital to finance all of them. So never, I mean, you're always, if you get a good enough deal, if you analyze your property right, you'll always find the capital or a buyer. So let's talk a little more about the financing. So you get a hard money loan and that's what is called a first, right? They take the first position. And your private money, because hard money won't give you all of the capital to fund the deal, right? Why do you need these private money now, investors? You know, actually, as well? we, we do use hard money quite a bit. Um, we also use the, our private investors. Um, our private investors will usually give us loans up to 90% of what the purchase price is. You know, so if we're buying a $200,000 property, they're giving us one eighty. dollars you know? Uh, awesome. And then what we'll do is, is now that we've been in the business a little while and we, we've made some, some connections, is we get then a second loan. Um, and then that loan is usually about $50,000. Um, so that covers the, the, the down payment and it usually covers the rehab too. So yes, it's true. You can actually do this with no money of your own into a deal uh, by using, you know, maybe two investors instead of just one. We don't ever go beyond two because there's not really a need to. Uh, but it is great because, you know, once you can start doing that, it's kind of like sky's the limit. You can do almost as many properties as, as you want. Awesome. So first loan, you use hard money or private money. Second loan, you have a private money investor. Um, do you mind me asking roughly what you pay these guys or is that going to kind of blow the negotiating? You know, I don't, I don't really, I don't really, I'll kind of tell you how it started. Okay. okay when, perfect. when we'd go out to clubs, to the investment clubs, that is the Phoebe's and, and, and whatnot, uh, we would meet folks and, and they would just kind of set the tone for us. So if one person offered us 90% loan, at 12% and three points, then we knew that that was as much as we were going to pay and the next person's going to have to beat that. So before you knew it, then it was uh, 12 and two at uh, 90%. And then it's 12 and two at 100%. And then it's 10 and two. And then before you know it, even even our hard money lender lends 9.99 and two points. So awesome. uh, just kind of figuring out what, what the thresholds are out there. And a lot of people... Um so number one, supply and demand, which is what you mentioned. And then a lot of people, you know, maybe they want a lower loan to value and they will give you, so it just kind of depends how much capital you want, how much leverage do you want? Uh, if they want a lower LTV or loan to value, then they'll take a lower interest rate, right? So it kind of, there are a lot of things involved. I'm glad you brought that up. It's also a lot like having kids. You know, I think the first loan that uh, somebody does with you, they're a little skeptical of you. They don't really know who you are. But by the time they're on loan nine or 10 with you, you know, that they've loosened up a little bit. They're not so worried. They'll fund in a day. They'll give you higher LTVs. So, yeah, somebody might start out only giving you maybe 65%. Believe me, if you've done uh, half a dozen loans with them, they're probably going to come up to 70, 80, 90. 
for sure. And, you know, like you said, on someone's first deal, so what? Give up a little more. They should, Maybe they give up a little more equity. No big deal. Maybe they pay a little more for their hard money. But over time, you're going to develop those relationships. If I were a hard money lender, I would rather work with someone who has a lot of experience and I may take a little bit less of an interest rate. So, um, you know, when you think about someone, if you do want to be a lender, a private money lender, you think of someone like Evan or Christy or, and you think, hey, you know, maybe they have more experience, so they may be able to get a lower return, but they have that experience. They have that track record. Uh, so anyway, just you take everything into perspective. Yeah, you know, so. in the beginning, don't be afraid to, if somebody's willing to pay for the whole thing, but they want half the profits, then do it. You know, if that's the only way to get the deal done and you're still going to make a, a nice chunk of money, then create the relationship and for get sure. the deal done. And I did that a ton last year. I did that on over half of my houses last year and it really helped me, you know, surpass that buying over a hundred houses. And I didn't mind, I don't mind giving up half of the deal for money that I wouldn't deals. I wouldn't have been able to buy anyway on my own. So awesome feedback. Um, okay. Let's move on to our third pillar, which is rehabbing. Uh, how do you guys go about getting these properties rehabbed, working with the contractors, all that fun stuff? Well, um, we, I do a lot of networking and have met some contractors that way. And I guess in the beginning, um, you know, we had to go into a lot of Home Depot stores just to, you know, learn the prices, learn the materials, learn, uh, put together how we wanted to rehab a house based on a million other rehabbed houses we looked at just to get a sense of it. So it was really hands-on in the beginning. And now it's kind of, um, we have a really good system in place. We have kitchen A or kitchen B. (laughs) And okay, well, it's slightly, you know, it's really actually not that much more complicated. So, you know, we know what we like. Um, Our price point is always pretty much around the same price point. So we're always doing, you know, one kitchen or the other because it works in that price point in those neighborhoods. And so it's, it's, quite a system now we only use general contractors nice Um, we don't we don't try to sub everything out individually to individual subs and we've got one guy who does probably 80 percent of our jobs right now and we've got two other guys that we kind of pull in as needed so that's kind of how that works love it it's- that was actually one of my biggest challenges was when I started, I, I had a good background on valuing properties, but I had no idea how to tell what a rehab was. So Chrissy just had to force me to go into these houses and start throwing numbers out. And, you know, then we'd see what the bid came in. And I would, after a while, you know, kind of get accurate. And then I think we, we figured out kind of what our averages are, you know, so like maybe a two bedroom, one bathroom house that's under a thousand square feet. We know those are going to run about twenty five to thirty thousand dollars. You know, and if it needs something extra like a, an AC at 5,000 or if it needs this at 5,000. So, you know, it's just kind of figuring out what the base is and, and building off of that. But it's just a, just, you know, going out there and walking into houses and then getting the bid and just realizing trying to figure out what the system was and how to accurately guess. Yeah. I mean, it sounds funny, but yeah, accurately guess. I like that because it's, it's accurately <laughs> guessing. Yeah. Cause we don't get a written bid until, you know, we really get some action on that property. Cause you don't want your, if you have your contractor going out to five properties a day and he doesn't get one, guess what? That contractor's not going to be hanging out with you for much longer. Exactly. He's going to start telling you he wants 150 bucks per property or something like that. So, you know, we only get the written bid done if we really have some serious action. Evan, how many houses did you have to walk 
before you were able to accurately guess? You know, back then I thought it was a lot, but looking back now, I would say probably by the time Christy and I had done half a dozen rehabs, I could walk into one and be within 5,000 bucks. And I think that's so important for everyone listening to, to understand. I mean, you're hearing it from a guy, myself, who I don't know how to swing a hammer. I'm not handy. My wife is way more handy than I am. And, you know, I'm flipping over 100 houses a year and I can estimate repairs within one to two percent every time just by looking at pictures. So I'm not saying that to brag. All I'm saying is over time and with that experience, you will learn. And and I love how Evan said at first it felt like it took a long time because isn't, isn't anything like that in life like that, like three feet from gold, right? I mean, you... It seems so hard at front. Then you look back, anytime I go running or ride a bike, it's like, oh, it's hard. Oh, that wasn't too bad, you know? So Yeah, and you know, of course, things are going to pop up that you didn't know about. Um, but that's what your wonderful inspection period's for. The same reason you're not going to lose a deposit, you know, is you got, you've got whatever your five, seven, ten days to do your inspections. You know, when Christy and I have to be really aggressive, meaning we sometimes Christy and I will go into a deal with no contingencies, meaning we're done with our inspections. In those cases, yeah, we'll have our contractor go first. But at the same time, we know that we better have a pretty darn good chance of getting that property if I'm going to drag the whole team out there and go in with no contingencies. Otherwise, we go in with a small inspection period and we do our best to do the best estimate. And most of the time, we're pretty darn close. Love it. Okay. Well, all right. We've covered uh, quite a bit here so far. We are plugging along. No messing around, right? So let's talk about selling. How do you guys get paid? How do you sell these bad boys and uh, get that paycheck? Well, you know, when you first start out, and when we first started out, um, like now it's a little bit different because we've done so many. But when we first started out and you get that first house, you just have to make the most of it. Like you, we called in when we, get, we were doing our first couple flips together. I was calling real estate offices, asking who their top agents were, having them come meet me at the house, giving me their opinions. Um, and then I would pick whoever I thought was the best guy, not just to list the house, but also to have a relationship moving forward, hoping that maybe they would bring me deals in the future. And, awesome. I give list, and I would give the listing to that person. Since times went on, I've become licensed and I will list a property myself to save money. Um, you know, So if I list a $500,000 property, I don't have to pay a list agent 3%, uh, which would be 15 grand. You know, I, I could just pay my broker like 500 bucks and do it myself. That's not really what I want to do. I'll do that to save money. Um, but really, we want to give it uh, back to the agent if we can, because that's going to fuel our business in the future, you know? Obviously, agents want to make money, and if you, you make them money, they're going to keep bringing you deals. For sure. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. There, I just got done talking with one of my main agents yesterday, and he's like, you know, not quite the year I was planning, but, you know, we've done 40 deals together so far. And, and you know, he's he's on a lower price point than you guys. So. Sure. <laughs> like 40 but, deals. Yeah, geez. I'm like, you're disappointed with 40? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I mean, he... And a lot of those he'll buy and he'll get the listing. So he's getting, uh, you know, both ends of that. So it's, and I don't mind, I'm more than happy because he keeps bringing me houses. So it, it's phenomenal. So now kind of along with those listings. So do you think it's important to have good, good pictures on your listing? Good pictures. <laughs> oh yeah. You mean you Absolutely. have to get out of your car to take one instead of just <laughs> sit in the driver's seat and snap and oh, or, or you house. you know pay someone to do it? But <laughs> yeah, we do all that stuff. We 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 like to always get professional pictures taken because you know what you pay 150 bucks and get some professional pictures taken. That's that's what people are going to see first and see most because most people 
when they're um, home, you know, looking for a home to buy, the first place they look is online. So if the first place they're looking online is you want that house to look just as good online as you do in, in real life. So, you know, we get them staged. We get our houses staged if they're over 400,000, typically. If it's under 400,000, we'll do like light staging ourselves. We get professional pictures taken. Uh, we always have a good gardener. You know, you have to have a good curb appeal. And we do open houses and, and all sorts of stuff like that um, that anybody would do on a list. So what you're saying, if you're going to spend, you know, 30 grand on a rehab or whatever it might be, you may as well spend $150 to let people see you did a good job on the rehab and get it yeah, staged. Yeah, so they don't or... see some fuzzy pixelated picture. Exactly. Of, you, know, you, you want it to look sexy. And then that's one thing I, I always tell, you know, uh, when, when we're posting pictures online, I say, don't even put a picture up if it's not sexy looking. Totally. Less is more. And I do the same thing. You know, if, if I look at all these pictures and these make it look good and these are like, eh, why, why do that to yourself? Yeah, I some mean, people think it's important to get every inch of the house, you know, make sure you get the, the ceiling here and the, the top of the fireplace over here. It's like, no, just put the good looking stuff up. That's all we need. I love it. Love it. Love it. But there are so many pictures out there that people put that look horrible and you know, don't do that to yourself. It's pay 150 bucks, get a professional photographer it's well worth it. So, um, okay, good stuff, man. We are cruising along. So, let's talk about. We're almost done here. Let's. Uh, what's a day in in the life of uh, Evan and Christy look like? Walk us through that. So many people just don't know, like. What do I? How do I go about that? How do they go about their days? Give us that sneak peek in there. Well, living uh, the dream. Well, uh, we sit by the pool with a mai tai for yeah. between. Okay. 10. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I read the four hour work week. I love that book. But it, it, in my opinion, there, there's no getting around hard work. You know, Christy and I work our butts off. I wish we could work four hours a week. But uh, I think we work at, you know, we're always working long hours every day. We work weekends. Uh, whatever you want to add. We, we ended up getting an office space uh, just uh, maybe a year and a half, almost two years ago now. We were both working out of our homes. But Evan started having babies and you know, <laughs> we just needed a, a central place. So we, we do have office hours, nine to six. Um, generally I'm up early in the morning, kind of thinking about things, you know, oh, running to a job site or whatever. Um, Evan takes a lead on comping properties and, and working with realtors. And I take a lead sort of more on the, the rehab and doing, um, coordinating some of the administrative stuff with our assistant. So, you know, we are in the office quite a bit. I'm out driving properties. So we, we work till, you know, we can eat <laughs> and sleep. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's hard work. There's, there's no getting around it. No, it's good. That's good. And that's our goal here is to let people know, hey, no, it's not easy. I mean, I'm not some guru charging people 25 grand and, you know, trying to get them to think it's really easy. You know, it's, it's a lot of hard work. Um, and it doesn't mean you can't li li live the life you want to, you know, I, I just had a daughter and luckily I can take time off when I need to. Chrissy can go on vacation when she wants to. And, you know, we always still have, that's what's great also about having a partner is that you have somebody there who has your back and who knows how to run the business. So God forbid you want to take a couple days off or you want to go on vacation the other person's there to, to hold the fort down. Awesome. 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 So is it, is it worth it? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I, I'm one of those unemployable people for sure now. 
there's there just something. Oh, go ahead, Christy. What was that? I, I say that again, Christy. We're psychologically unemployable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's something about, you know, there are been weeks, um, you know, I've been self-employed before I flipped houses. I had a satellite dish business. And so I've been self-employed for eight and a half years and ever, ever since college, I never really have had a real job, but, um, there have been weeks when I've put in 80 plus hours and there have been weeks when I've literally worked probably about four hours. And, but there's just something about, even when you are putting in those long weeks about controlling your own destiny type thing. And just that hope of what can happen and what will happen in my opinion, if you keep plugging away. Um, so anyway, didn't mean to go off on that case. No, it's but. true. It's true. And as corny as it sounds, it's one of those things where you just have to believe in yourself and believe that you can do it. And at the end of the day, you will if you if you believe it yourself. Absolutely. But don't, don't just be a seminar junkie. Don't just go to classes. You got you got to get out there. You got to make offers. You got to take not only take action, but I'm specifically saying make offers. That's what's going to cause you to learn the business and then have to keep failing forward fast. Right. So, well, you guys have been awesome. You've given us some amazing, actionable advice. We've dove straight into your business. What is the one last piece of advice you'd give to anyone who is looking to get going or looking to really take their business to the next level? Well, mine would be, my advice would just be, don't be scared. Get out there and do something. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing is it's great to learn. It's great to go to things and educate yourself and to continue to educate yourself. But at the end of the day, man, you just got to, got to take some action. Awesome. My advice would be what Evan said. You definitely have to believe in yourself. But when I first moved here, um, what was easy to happen was to get distracted by all the dangling carrots. So somebody would say, oh, you should be doing short sales because that's what's working. You should be doing notes. You should be doing tax liens. Like ignore all this, ignore all that and just stick with, you know, I knew I would be good at flipping houses and eventually owning rentals. And so that was my business model. So I stuck with the business model. Awesome. And I know you, so I know you've adapted um, within that model, but you're right. You got to have a focus. I yes. love, love that advice. Well, you guys have been awesome. Can't thank you enough. If someone wants to be able to follow you or connect with you, what's the best way they can do that? Uh, you can go to our Facebook page at www.facebook.com backslash Certwell Investments, Inc. And they have some amazing before and afters on there. You guys are really good at posting all that. It's kind of fun to watch. So, all right, guys, it's a wrap. Thanks Thank again. you for having us, Justin. By the way, awesome website. It's a great resource to have. I wish we, I wish it were around a couple of years ago when we first started. We sure could have learned a lot quicker. Well, good. I have people like you guys helping out. It's what makes it awesome. So thank you. And uh, we will uh, catch you guys soon. All right. Thanks, Justin. Thank you. All right. Well, that was another incredible interview with two amazing investors, Christy and Evan are just doing some amazing things right now. I'm blown away at how much they've grown their business in the last couple of years. It's just really inspiring to see. If you'd like to reference the notes for today's show, you can find it at housefliplinghq.com slash episode five, or you can just go to housefliplinghq.com and look under the podcast section and you should be able to find it there pretty easily as well. Okay, so changing gears here just a little bit. It's been just one week since we launched the House Flipping HQ podcast. And 
I'm just blown away at the support and the feedback which we've been getting from all of you. So far, we have well over 1,000 downloads and we've consistently been in the iTunes new and noteworthy. So that's been pretty cool considering it's only been one week, but we can do much, much better. Uh, so far, we have about 40 ratings and reviews, which is awesome and we're very appreciative of that. But with how many listeners we have, we can get so many more. So what we've done to help you uh, easily leave us a rating and review is we've created a special link at houseflippinghq.com slash subscribe. That link will take you directly to iTunes where you can subscribe for the podcast and easily leave us a hopefully five-star rating and review. And we'll be super, super appreciative of that. All right. Well, that's all we have for today. Get out there, take some massive, massive action, go make some offers on some properties, go buy some houses, and we will see you on the flip side. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.